Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Midlife Crisis Task Force. I'm Poncho. I'm Lefty. And I'm the Amazing Rando. And welcome back to whatever number episode this is, as we've lost track at this point. Um, <laughs> it is, as we're recording this, October 8th, 2022. So Halloween is upon us. So everybody has got their pumpkins out. Well, everybody except us, because we don't do it any decorating until right before Halloween, but, um, I got my pumpkins out right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, sh you should watch them. You should watch them. <laughs> <laughs> so in an effort to remain somewhat topical, we're going to have a discussion about horror films. So, um, and we have no, no planning what we're going to discuss. So, no. Good band, the ugly. Is yeah, probably good, as usual. that is a good description of horror films. <laughs> there, there are some stinkers out there. Um, oh yeah, a good one is few and far between to me. A one that's actually scary and unsettling. Those are few and far between. You get a lot of slasher films, a lot of yeah jump scares. Um, but, a lot of uh, gore. I'm not a, a gore lot of gore. Man. A lot of needless gore. Needless gore. Yes. Uh, and I understand that's some people's thing. That's that's their thing. I've, I've never understood. I am a self-confessed film snob, so I tend to I tend to go no, stuff. no, not like oh. the rest of us. No, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I tell you, maybe a good place to start. And if I've done some research on this, maybe we could do like a little quick history. But let's start with some of the early early horror films, and maybe like just the universal ones. Them. Universal, even stuff like Nosferatu. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari or something like that, yeah. Exactly. Things like that, because those were some of the earliest ones. And, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call them scary, but they are, I guess, iconic as far as horror goes, if you like. Oh, definitely. You know, if you want to I see. I think for their time, they probably win. They probably would have been rather horrific, especially something like Oh, yeah, Nosferatu. probably. Oh yeah, yeah. That's um, true. Does it? I mean, yeah. Taste had definitely changed. Something that was scary twenty years ago is not going to be considered scary now. I remember when they re-released The Exorcist about fifteen, twenty years ago. People went and actually were laughing at it. And right. I think that's one of the best horror films. It's one of the scariest horror films ever made. But, exactly, you know, we, we I agree. Up in a different era. Yeah. yeah, and behind the scenes on it proves that William Friedkin is kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't believe us, go out and watch the Red Letter Media Half in the Bag where they talk about the exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. He was an asshole. Uh, the thing about those old movies like that, very visual style, the designs of the creatures was amazing. I do, the Nosferatu one is one of my favorite designs. Oh, I love that film. But, I love right. it. I mean, it was ripped off for um, the Stephen King made for TV movie. Um, uh, what was the name? David Soul and oh my god, I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, um, Salem's Lot, Salem's Lot. Okay, okay. that's the vampire design that they use for that. Yeah, that design of that vampire has been used in a few films. Um, Werner, Herz Werner Herzog, he did a version of that story, basically a remake of it called um. Now that film I've name of that film's going right out of my head now. Um, you're going to get a lot of this. Yeah, you're gonna, <laughs> we're going to have. Uh, I keep thinking Shadow of the Vampire, but that wasn't it. That was the movie about they did with Will Smith about the making of. Um, mm -hmm. I'll voice over it yeah. in afterward when I remember what it is. Um, it might have been called Nosferatu again. It might have been. Star Klaus Kinski. It was made in I think the seventies, and it was really good. And they used the same design of the vamp of the vampire from um, from Nosferatu. Well, even even more modern, uh, Guillermo del Toro used an extremely similar design. Obviously, it's been enhanced uh, hit, uh, through his visual uh, designs for Blade Two. Oh, really? Yeah, have a look at some of the images. It's uh, the uh, the the monster design uh, is very reminiscent. I mean, oh. it's modernized heavily, but it's also very reminiscent of Nosferatu the Vampire. Yes, we were looking it up at the same time. Yes, and I want to say, and I could be wrong. I thought I saw somewhere where they're remaking this. 
Oh God, I hope not. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something about. I that. would not be surprised, but I hope not, because there's no way they could do it. Oh no, it's not. It would not do be. it properly. Besides, yeah. Herzog already did it. Why? Why do it again? I don't. I don't no, but that doesn't stop Hollywood. That doesn't stop. Somebody, Hollywood. somebody's going to bitch about uh, about the fact that they didn't. You know, it's it was black and white, or it was too grainy, or the technology was cheesy. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then no they're going to remake it with hacks, and it's going to be worse. Yeah. I saw that movie for the first time at an outdoor theater at the North Carolina Art Museum, and they had a band doing the music called the Alloy Orchestra. And that's, this is what this band does. They traveled around providing soundtracks to um, silent films. Oh, wow. That's cool. And uh, they use like mostly percussive instruments and keyboards and stuff like that. It was incredible. It was an, it was an incredible way to see this film. And, uh, but it was freezing that night. It was like the middle of August, and it got down to the 50s, which never happens in North Carolina. And I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt and sandals, and I froze my ass off. Oh, my God. Film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unseasonably Good cool world. for North Carolina in August. I'd wager you froze more off than that. <laughs> but yeah, those that movie just definitely needs to be, you know, give a nod to. And, uh, you know, obviously, oh, if you yeah. haven't seen it, I'd recommend watching it. Then, I mean, like you were talking about earlier, we were talking about maybe the universal horror movie, monster movies, Dracula, Wolfman, The Mummy, um, Frankenstein. I just watched that the other night. Frankenstein is probably the best out of those four, in my opinion. But I have I'm a subscriber to Criterion Collection. Hey, film snob right here. Um, <laughs> um but they threw up um collection of universal horror films and they have Frankenstein and Dracula. They also have the Spanish version of Dracula, which was filmed concurrent with the Bell Lugosi one using the same sets, but with really? different actors and in Spanish. I yeah. heard about that. They would they would do the Bela Lugosi one during the day, and then when the English crew wrapped, the Spanish crew would use the same sets. Yes, and as you say, different actors and and their and their version of the script, and they would shoot all night. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And it was really good. It was. It's about a half an hour longer than the Lugosi Dracula. The actor that played Renfield stole the show because he played Homicidal Maniac to a T. This is, of course, this is 1932, oh, yeah. so it's nothing like today, but he he really stole the show. And the actor that played Dracula didn't have the presence that 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 Lugosi had, but he had this like maniacal expression. He's like, if it's like if you ran into Bill Lugosi in a in an alleyway, you'd probably do your best to avoid him. If you ran into this guy in an alleyway, you would run screaming because he was like he was like just like bug eyed. Watch that! I've never seen that before. I didn't know this. I haven't this either. Thing. I've only heard a recent report about the filming on NPR, as a matter of fact. So yeah, I'd like to see yeah. that too. It was worth yeah. checking out. I thought it was a little slow in places. I think that. The cut, the Lugosi cut of the film is probably a little more watchable. Um, but there were a couple of things I think they could have added back into the Lugosi cut to flesh it out that wouldn't have made it. But um, yeah, it was definitely worth checking out. Definitely yeah. worth checking I out. Mean, that, the the Bella Lugosi one, it's it's okay. The all the other characters besides Dracula, I think, were better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I, Lugosi, I'm not a huge Lugosi fan. I mean, he's all right, but you know, eh, I don't know. Have you ever seen that, Son of Frankenstein? Yes, he was fantastic okay. in Son of Frankenstein. He played Igor, and he's yeah, he, was he did. That's right. That's right. Because he was all dressed up, and they had that um, older lady that was with him that was in the original Frankenstein. Yes, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, he was okay. I have to admit, yes, he was good in that. Between the two, I gotta, I gotta throw my hat over the wall for Boris Karloff. Oh yeah, Karloff is a great actor. He had a lot more range than Lugosi did, I think. Oh yeah. It's just it. It still to this day blows my little brain that he was the the narrator of the Doctor Seuss animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That was, I think, the last thing he did before he died, I believe. I think you're right, yes. Yeah. yeah. He, did, he did a great job as the mummy, too, in that Universal film. 
Yes, he did. He had I a very. Uh, I was just going to say real quick. Uh, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but he had he had such presence made up as these monsters, and yet had a very could have a very gentle manner and had a very gentle voice, which served that yeah. animation well. I'm sorry to have cut you off. No, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. No big deal there. That's um. There's just been so many good movies actors for horror that they get kind of lost because they in I guess towards the end of their careers they started doing a bunch of crap stuff like Vincent Price, Basil Rathbone, excellent. Basil Rathbone, excellent actors. Just John Carradine, king of John Carradine. John Carradine had the voice, but he did some stupid shit at the end of his career. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, he was he was in that what was the MST movie? Um, what about the airplane the skydivers? He oh, no, was in that uh, for thirty seconds. No, you're thinking um, Rids on Cuba, where he played the train conductor in the beginning. Oh yeah, night train, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that was that. Okay, yeah, yes, okay. that was that one. Yeah, yeah. Right director, wrong movie. Yeah, but at okay. least he didn't die by hanging himself while masturbating. So, like his That's son. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's, you know you can't bring up David Carradine without making that joke. So, uh, just <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, you're going to die like that. People are going to keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there. I mean, like Vincent Price. You know, he's. Some people look at him as a hack, but he was really a good actor. He was a good he, actor. He was an incredible he was just in a actor. Chocolate, schlocky movies. Was, you know. He he did well, do, but I think he did those knowingly. I don't think he did those financially. But he also, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of old radio, and he's I've heard him in that, and he's excellent in those. But he had a very interesting career. I mean, he was doing he was doing the radio and play acting. He did the movie acting, going from great to silly. Uh, but then he he quit and started doing cooking shows and other type of things like that. And he, I mean, he was a gourmet. And then, yeah, yeah, in his yeah. in his very old age, went back to acting. Yeah. And turned in some notable character performances. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the more famous ones would be in Edward Scissorhands. Oh, I forgot he was in Edward Scissorhands. That was probably his last thing. That might yeah. have been pretty close to it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And, of course, you know, he was the voiceover for Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he did the voiceover for... Uh, Black uh, at the end of Black Widow on uh, Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my nightmare. Welcome to my nightmare. Yep, that's right. He did do that. I mean, he's a good he's a good actor, not just for horror. I've seen his non horror roles. Technically, he gets put in as a bad guy, but he's still you know in that. I don't know if either one of you ever seen it. It's a film noir movie called Laura. I have. Yeah, he was very he's young in that. In that. Yep, he's very, very early in his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you know, he just like a lot of people, he just wore, needed. I'm sure he just needed money, and you just, you just do whatever roles given to you. And I don't, you know, I've never read a biography or anything. I think he, but just my opinion, just going by the movies he made, he must just love making movies because he was in some stinkers. <laughs> well, I mean, he came up. I think we touched on this on some episode. Uh, he came up through the studio system. He might have really thoroughly enjoyed working with some of the other actors and actresses and directors that were around at the time. Yeah. I would always wonder, I would like to read something about him, but I wonder if that's what he thought his career was going to end up being. I mean, because, you know, eventually, especially old Hollywood, like, you get typecast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's what you were. Lugosi, he was like the go-to mad scientist in all those serials and bad movies for decades because he he had to feel his heroin addiction oh my god he was in glenn or glenda wasn't he wasn't he like the the, yeah he was the the narrator he was the introductory guy on glenn or glenda holy crap i forgot about that (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly oh my god i was just while you uh while you two were discussing some of the other actors i was thinking you know who who are our 
iconic long-running actors when we were growing up and and definitely for like our uh you know our our, our growing up during the 80s like Robert England you know yeah. he was always yeah, he in the series mm-hmm. he was always in Ready. that uh, Freddy Krueger and he he would show up and do character parts in other films too and in fact he was in uh Stranger Things season 4 no oh, really wow yeah so he's still he's still around doing stuff, and the guy who uh, oh frick, what's his name? Uh, in Hellraiser playing uh, Pinhead, mm-hmm. that guy was. Let's see, actor, actor, actor. Of course, I'm never gonna find it in time. But yeah, he was he was the go to for Pinhead, and when he finally had enough of the of the crappy sequels, uh, he he was hung his hat up, and uh, it's gotten even worse without him. So. <laughs> it's, it's funny though there's not I don't know how to word this and I know I probably have talked about this before but it's there's not many actors like old Hollywood and I, I, my, old, my go-to example for this is John Wayne you know John Wayne movie came out people knew what they were getting you yeah. know what I mean there was a certain style certain I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but you knew what you're going to get into when you got a John Wayne movie. There's not anybody like that now. I don't think not to that. Not for the. I I would disagree for the current actual generation Y Z double A whatever the whatever it is right now. But but for our generation, I think the closest analog when he was still in his prime Mm -hmm. was uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you know what you're going to get with a Bruce Willis. He didn't have that big of a range. He did a couple of comedies, uh, mostly action, I believe. A lot of action, a lot of uh, darker tone films. Yeah. Uh, But you're right, he did a few comedies. He did Death Becomes Her. Um, He did, well, no one wants to talk about Hudson Hawk. But <laughs> no, they don't. That is horrible. I actually sat and watched that with uh, Mrs. Lefty. How <laughs> bad? Uh, uh, my condolences. Yeah, um, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in his prime, you could get a good Rock'em Sock'em action movie out of Bruce. And he his character archetype was very similar to, to, well, to the John Wayne type of. It's just that John Wayne never used uh, ATRs to blow up his enemies. Now, I will say there is one actor that I could think of right offhand. This is another one of Mrs. Lefty's favorites. And I say him because he plays the same fucking character in every movie. And that's Jason Statham. I was just about to say Jason Statham, yes. I like him, don't get me wrong, but he plays the same fucking character in every goddamn movie he's in. But he is an example of that. I didn't want to get too far off topic with horror, but <laughs> the idea was we don't have too many iconic horror people now. A uh, horror? No, no, not after I mean, I, England I, I hung up his glove. Not really, no. Yeah. But we're getting a lot more variety of horror now than I think we used to. Yeah, um, for a long time, a horror film was a slasher movie when we were coming up. That was the only type of horror oh, yeah. film you saw. We're also yeah. getting more exposure to foreign horror films than yes, we were before, and foreign and remakes of uh, foreign horror films, such as The Ring, which is probably the most famous example people can can point to. Yeah, right. that I made a list of my favorite horror films, and that's on The Ring. I've never seen I've never seen the original. I want to, but that was a very very well done remake. Japanese horror, I, I have seen a couple of them. I have not seen Ringu. Uh, but I have seen some actual Japanese. I saw Pulse. I saw The Grudge. And they're meant to be more spooky and creepy, at least those. Mm-hmm. And those are not the, in my opinion, if you're looking for like a, you know, ah, I'm scared. That's not, those two are not the movies you want to go for. If you really want to experience a, a really good Asian horror films, and I'm using the term Asian very broadly. <laughs> Apologies, but uh, for horror and definitely for revenge, you do not fuck with the South Koreans. 
I was about uh, to say a lot of really good Korean horror these last few years and are yeah. nothing like the movies they make in the United States. Nothing. Oh, no, no, no. Train to Busan. Oh, my yeah. God. Have you I, seen that's that? on my list to see. I have not, but that's on my list to see. We were talking that, about it earlier today with a, a friend of ours. That movie will crush your soul. Uh, but it's good. It, it just, it really hammers on emotional connections between some of the characters. Well, you have One of have which is a, is a child. And you that's great. That. Uh, mm-hmm. The host did the same thing, except the host, this is the South Korean film, the host, not the stupid alien thing anyway uh (laughs) south korean film the host uh really played up a a character dynamic between an incredibly eccentric family and had on purpose comedic moments in the film right and it was it was great it stars one of my favorite uh south korean actors uh uh song kang ho uh he's great um he was also in uh, Parasite. He was in The Good, The Bad, The Weird. He was in Thirst, uh, which was oh, yeah. an interesting vampire film. Yeah, um, that, that guy is excellent. He's an excellent I, actor. I think you, if you want to get more closer to really just well-made horror movies, you have to go out of the United States. You like do. The studio, studios now are just, they're so blah, vanilla, not willing to take chances. It's just, it's not good and that kind of leads me to the discussions like what do you think what makes a horror movie and i guess a lot of that depends what you want out of it do you yeah. want a roller coaster ride or do you want some jump scares just, yeah which is jump scares or do you want something that's gonna you get into the characters they have a great atmosphere there's a story that has good pacing you have good characters that you care about because you have to have somebody you care about in a horror movie if yeah. you don't, you don't, you just got a, you just have a mess. You know, you just have a bunch of people on there. That you're just waiting to get killed. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a lot of yeah. what I've seen, especially with Amazon Prime. I watch, I'm guilty of, <laughs> a lot of those. I watch a lot of those movies on there and they're oh all just God. have obnoxious, mostly teenagers that you're just mm-hmm. wanting, wanting to die. Just go ahead and fucking die. You know what I mean? Well, there's also horror's cousin, the thriller. Uh, And there could be a fine line between those two of those. Exactly. I love it when they, when they really mesh, because that's when it really feels like you've got a good story. I mean, uh, there were, there were elements here. The shining, the shining could fall into both of those categories very easily. Oh yeah. So could the Silence of the Lambs? Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yes, because oh, there were definitely her- horrific elements in in those, and th- they're great films. Right. Yeah, horror doesn't necessarily have to be supernatural. No, I mean you oh, can no. have you can have horror movies with creatures, werewolves, and stuff, or you can have the human condition when there's you know serial killers or whatever. Another one and, on my list here, Psycho. Yes. Yes. Excellent movie. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's not so scary, it's not so scary today, but the way it's constructed and the types of characters they're revealing, I think are timeless. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially the fact that Hitchcock pulls the rug completely out from under you when the main character you've been introduced to is killed in the first third of the film. Yeah, 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 exactly. Not many directors would 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 take that step even today. Oh yeah, nobody it was would do incredible. I I just don't see American directors taking chances not with the studios. You know what I mean? Because they don't let them. It's just it. Our I think is my opinion. Our cinema is moving more. It's it's now it's superhero movies. It's um action it's disney films it's all that mm-hmm. stuff lumped together now and there's not going to be the variety because there's not that many places are going to dump a ton of money into something you know what now i mean you got to go you got to go to asia you got to go to europe got to go mm-hmm. to independence studios in the united states you're not going to get something like that out of out of hollywood anymore oh no, yeah. exactly. i don't believe so oh and i did want to 
mention one of my favorite, I mean, horror, I guess it would be a horror collection. I loved the old Hammer horror movies. Oh, yeah, those are fun. I, I haven't those. seen very many of those. I haven't seen a lot of them, but they're usually fun. I have three yeah, or four collections of them, and they're just, they're, they are they're fun. Like, they're fun. They've got, like, it's all Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, right? A lot of them are, <laughs> a yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> There's a werewolf movie they made, and it had Oliver Reed in it. And that was interesting. Hmm. That's where he got big, I believe. But, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're God, lower just, budget. But they they do try to concentrate on story. It might not be the best story, but I mean they do try to concentrate on it, and I appreciate that. And I don't know, there's just something I love about them. I don't know, I can't really explain, but I just love watching those Hammer horror movies. Well, they're different than the ones, the films that were being made in the states at the time. They had their own feel to them. They had their own look to them. Very British. Everybody's Very. English, of course. Uh, you know, yeah, they're they're a lot of they're they're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they've done a couple on Mystery Science Theater that are worth. Of course, oh, I'm yeah. drawing a complete blank on titles again, but it's know. okay. We we do that here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, our our audience are smart people. They can they can Google just like we do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just i I just wish they would could go back and make I wish there would be it not may not necessarily be a big budget, but I'd like to see a good studio come out with a really good horror movie that's not a slasher, that's not a bunch of jump scares. You can make a really good movie that's very atmospheric, very creepy, and would give you just a weird feeling without being so friggin' obnoxious with just you have know, you ever seen Midsummer? No, but I've heard a lot of bad about that. Oh, it's great. It's a great film. I think it's a great film anyway. It's That's slow. Cool. It's very slow. It's a full car film. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very creepy. I think it falls into what you were saying. I think you might want to I would suggest checking it out. I think Oh no, I, I would check it out. I'm all for stuff like that. I watched that movie a few years ago, The Witch. Excellent horror movie. I love that. Yeah, I'd heard a lot of good things, but I've very I haven't slow. gotten around to yet. But yeah, I've heard very good things about it. It's slow, but I like it. It's just, like you say, it's a slow. That's burn. a that's a very young Anya Taylor Joy, isn't it? Uh, yep, it might have been her first role. Oh, you got to have that good mixture. I mean, I understand you got to have a movie has to earn those scares, though. You know what I mean? You can't just jump out like going back to these stupid Amazon movies that I watch. They're just, they're either, they fall in a couple of characters, about three, maybe three categories. One of them are found footage movies. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. those that are been just, done to death. They've been done to death. Fucking God awful. Then the other ones are usually kids going somewhere into like an asylum, a haunted house, not found footage, but they're acting, and this is just, the story it's mm-hmm. typically you know somebody died it's a slasher movie but it's supernatural and then you just got these goddamn cheap ass movies with somebody bought a fucking handheld camera and just started filming and told people to be scary <laughs> and uh, i mean some of this shit i could do this and i'm just like if i can make if i can make some of this shit i know it would be shit so I mean, <laughs> no no, 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 no. Now, I really like the first Blair Witch Project movie when it came out, and I still think that's a good film, but this, what it spawned is just, oh, God. Yeah. It's, oh, God. I can't, I had, I, I okay, I'm so, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I got to I gotta be the Gene Siskel on that film here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know you don't care for it. That's fine. <laughs> what, and it's... The thing is, it's it's not anything like I hate found footage or whatever. No, that that no problem with that whatsoever. No problem looking up that chick's nose for that whole time she's crying <laughs> in the camera. What what lost me was that the character is they're all walking around the woods, mm-hmm. and the only map they have, dickhead throws away. And after that, I was just out of the movie. I was like, really. Really, you did something that stupid. You're lost, and the only map of any references you have, you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get us all killed. 
Yeah. I, I was just got. I was so mad at that character. It took me out. They should have beat the ever living fuck out of him. That would have been a little more satisfying part. Yeah. Of the thing. Yeah. The other, the <laughs> other thing. Deserved it. Yeah. The other thing. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> is the end of the film where she's just shrieking and it's the one guy just standing in the corner. That does not a scary scene make to me. You got to hold on that. You got to give a little bit more. I think you need to give a little bit more to the audience what exactly is going on. That camera, you know, something bad happened. The camera right. fell over. That guy's sitting in the back. But you need something else because one, the creepiest thing in the movie to me was the tent scene with the oh yeah, hitting on the that tent. one got me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that one did get up. me. Well, actually, I have mixed emotions about this film because I was basically by the end waiting for him to die because I really <laughs> wanted him to, especially the map guy. Like, you are a fucking moron. But I, for me, that movie, now at the time, I think when it was coming out, did I work still work at Blockbuster? Or? But they had a, I bought a set that had the movie and it had like a making of. The making of is really cool because it's more of a, it gives more of the lore, you know, and yeah. that's the stuff I find interesting. They did a viral marketing campaign where they released a, a, a documentary in air quotes called The Curse mm-hmm. of the Blair Witch. Yes. And they planned that on Sci-Fi Channel. And at the time, people weren't sure if this was is this real, is this fake, whatever. But that documentary is actually scarier than the fucking movie is. Yes, it is. That's the thing I have. Mine came in like in the blockbuster package, yeah. VHS tapes. And it is because, see, that's the stuff I like. When you got horror movies, I like a backstory. I love lore. I love things that, you know, what are these kids going after? You know what I mean? They, you needed to give a little bit more, I think. But maybe, you know, I, who, who am I to say they made a blue billion dollars off that fucking movie? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not one to judge. It's just not all of it is my cup of tea. But Did you ever see any sequels? Yes, those are god awful. I've never seen the second one, but my wife and I watched the the latest one that came out, and oh, that was that was a mess. That was just yeah, a mess. It was a mess. That is a mess. That's a traditional horror movie. <laughs> quotes, air quotes. But um, yeah, that's a it, that's a, when it came out, it was groundbreaking. You didn't really yeah. have anything like that before. So no, I'll give it props for that. Yeah. I mean, for its originality. Yeah. But it spawned a lot of shit. A lot of shit has been trying to cash in on that trend since. And yeah. Speaking of shit, (laughs) paranormal (laughs) activity. Oh yeah. That's exactly the one that was in my head, right? I've seen every one of those. I've seen every one of those goddamn movies and they all fucking suck. They're all the same (laughs) goddamn thing. Somebody's waiting for a cup to move. Ooh, ooh scary. Ooh. I mean, As an aside for our audience who can't see this, uh, <laughs> Lefty, all you, all I can see of Lefty on his cam because he's running a background is his fist shaking, his teeth, and the spit flying out of his mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, he's pretty hot about these movies. And a couple of purple mushrooms that are in the background exactly. with some lollipop trees. <laughs> That's right. I, I sparkled today. <laughs> but yeah, oh my God, those movies. The only, I saw one that was the fourth one, and they tried to do a story with it that wasn't just watching a fucking lights turn on and off. And it was... <laughs> yeah. But I can't believe I know why they're made. They're so goddamn low budget. Oh, yeah. Anything, anything they crank out, it's going to make money. Because people do go to horror movies, regardless, especially this time of year. People yeah. are going to go to horror movies. And that's the only explanation I can see. Because those fucking movies are like watching paint dry. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, that was my rant. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it's what our listeners tune in for um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit what what is what is the last good horror slash thriller you have seen hmm. I'll go first for me it was the last really good one even though it wasn't I mean I wouldn't give it five out of five but I'd probably give it four out of five easy is mm-hmm. uh, last night in Soho 
I haven't seen I haven't that. heard of that. I haven't heard of that. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. That is a really good ghost story film. Mm-hmm. Uh, notable for two things. First of all, Edgar Wright directed it, mm-hmm. which we've mostly seen action comedies from him. And uh, it is the last uh, character credit of Dame Diana Rigg. Oh, oh wow. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. But it's it's a nice little ghost story about a girl in the country who tries to go to Soho in London for uh, to enter into uh, fashion design school. Mm-hmm. And she ends up renting a room, and as she's living in this room trying to go to school, she starts having these horrible, horrible, horrible nightmares about just men coming to get her. And she also starts... At the same time, she starts having good dreams and they go to the nightmares. But it starts off, she starts dreaming that she's transported into the late 60s, which is her idolized time. I remember seeing the trailer for this now. Yeah, that did look interesting. I, I was curious about that. Yes. And uh, the the technical quality of the filming is astounding. There's a bit where she when she dreams... She's dreaming from the point of view of another woman. And there's a bit where there's a dancing scene where the the man who's played by Matt Smith uh, is dancing with the woman and he'll he's bottom center of the frame and they're doing a move where she's basically he's turning and she's kind of flitting around him. And as she's going off screen, the modern girl comes into frame. And she's dancing with him. And when she goes off screen, the woman who's supposed to be there, it's, it's just beautifully technically done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, chef's kiss to, 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 that, to that film for its technical editing and its, and its uh, exploration of uh, visuals through lighting and visuals through uh, the, the eventual horror that goes down. And some good misdirection uh, mm-hmm. in there as well. I think... I think Terrence Stamp has a small role in that. Oh, I love Terrence Stamp. Nice. Cool. Deal before Zod. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Are you thinking, are you saying movies that we've seen last or just movies we can think of as a good horror movie? Well, just have... like the just like the last horror movie that you have seen that you've enjoyed, whether it's a recent one or an older one or or whatever. We've been we've been bitching about bad ones for so sure. long. I'm just like, you know, what's one you like? <laughs> Well, the one I like, it's except for you know, we you know, obviously let's let's skip over the ones we've already gushed over, but right. Uh, I like the descent. If you've ever seen that, I have seen yeah. a lot about My it. My wife really likes that film. She really likes that a lot. I, there's movie. a lot of creepy visuals in that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of not gore, but there's a lot of proper use of violence and gore. And there's um, it's. It's just a good movie overall. Well, endings for different markets, right? I think yeah, so. I believe yes. they did have different endings, yes. Because yes. I, I th- if that's, I'm, I'm in my brain, I'm getting that mixed up with The Cave. Uh, Very but, similar. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've heard tell that the British market ending is the superior one. So that's actually the one I want to seek out. Right, right. I, I think I've seen both. Um it's really creepy, and I don't say that about a lot of movies. And a lot of the creatures there really creep me out, and I think that was just excellent. And I think that's why it's memorable for me. Um, they did make a sequel, never saw it, but I'm sure it's nowhere near as good as the first <laughs> one. So that's mine. Well, I watched the other night the Universal Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Uh, so that's the last one I've watched that I really enjoyed because I watched it like two days ago. Now, I want to circle back to something we were talking about earlier. And I was talking about basically, you know, what makes a good horror movie. And you know, we kind of shot off on some different things. But, you know, I think there's just some basic groundwork that has to be laid to make a good horror movie. And, you know, atmosphere is one. Definitely, you have to have that look. Mm-hmm. And something I, I don't think a lot of people talk about a lot for a horror movie, but it is a big thing, is the soundtrack, the movie score. Yeah. That can make, can make or break, break a movie. 
or the absence of one can make or break. True. That's true exactly. too. The, the yeah. selective and proper use of sound and music. Yes. Yes. I mean, obvious to me, the obvious thing about the soundtrack is the exorcist. The yeah. Two bells. Yeah. You know, that's kind of iconic. The psycho noise, you know, music, um, you know, Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's music is very important, I think. And like you said, the absence of it too. Cause yeah, look at, uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. There's hardly any, there's no soundtrack hardly to that at all. Exactly. It, you know, having it there would have been a distraction, I think, from just the general creepiness of the situation. Exactly. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, you got to have the story. That's stuff like that, I think, is obvious. You got to have a good story or you're not going to, you got to have good, interesting characters to draw people in. Mm hmm. You have to have somebody you care about in a horror movie, like we mentioned before. Because if you don't, yeah. you're not going to be invested. It's just sitting around a slasher. It's other words, it, otherwise, it's a slasher movie. And you're waiting on everybody. Yeah, you, you need good characters that you care about, or at the very least, you need an audience analog so that you feel the tension properly. Yes. yes. You got to have some sympathy for your characters. Um, I think, you know, you know, basic things lighting, creepy mood. Um, you have to have. You need food. to have. Uh, you need to have an, a good antagonist, a good villain of the piece. Yes, yeah, that's important too. You yeah. got to have. Yeah, you got to have the villain, whether it's a psycho killer or some sort of evil entity. You have to have something that's scary and written well enough that people, you know, it makes people think. I think a good horror movie can make people think. You yeah, know, you know, and you want to be creeped out. I, I that's what I look for. I'm not looking for jump scares. They have their place. I'm not going to say I haven't been scared by any, but it, I think overall, when you're looking at a horror movie, it's the idea of just that creepy feeling it gives you. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. ideas of like the opening of Halloween. You know, it sets yeah. the atmosphere. You know, for it that's. That's you know you know you're in for it. It gives that real fall feel. You know you do see some palm trees there. You know it's supposed to be Illinois, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see some palm trees, but it's still it it give, Halloween gives you that feel. You know, yeah. and it's not that gory, but the whole atmosphere of it, it's creepy. There's tension, which that's another important aspect. Is you had to build up the tension. And you build up the tension to earn the jump scare, not just to constantly, you know, make you make the kitties in the audience scream. You know? Yeah. And there's a lot of horror films. That's all they got. Or what passes as horror films nowadays. That's all they got is jump scares. And then it's, it's yeah, that's gimmick. You know, I got to agree that's with like, on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's like snorting a pixie stick. You know, it, it gets old after a while. You know, the initial yeah. rush is like, you know, woo. But if there's nothing more. You're just like, what's, yeah. the, what's the damn point? You know, there's only so many times I'm going to stick my tongue in the electrical socket. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but I also, I mean, thinking about all the things you've listed, I mean, A, they're great elements for any movie, but especially in horror when you've got to flip that switch to something more horrific than just the mustache twirling variety. Yeah. Uh, but the whole time you were talking about that, you know, sympathy, mood, soundtrack, sound design. Uh, me bringing in the, the the you need to have an excellent antagonist. The whole thing that was tumbling through my mind uh, the whole time we were discussing this was John Carpenter's thing. Oh, oh yeah, great film, perfect, perfect example. Yeah, I mean, unless yeah. you were Norwegian, that was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the movie, it was. Uh, I don't know if I want to call it a remake, a sequel to maybe the thing it's from. The re, I would say it was a reimagining. Yeah, reimagining. Yeah. Also, a great fucking film. You know, oh, I love of, that. It's one of Carpenter's favorite films, as I understand it. Uh, in Halloween, when the kids are watching the TV, thing from another world is on there. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, oh, yep. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I think this might have been a germ in, in Carpenter's mind for a while. No, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Not at all. But all. yeah, that's you have to have those elements. They have to mesh together, and you know, too many movies. 
hell, it doesn't even have to be horror. Too many movies nowadays don't have any of these elements. Whether it's you know, there's no good writing plot. <laughs> the characters. Things that was cool about the way the the carpenter did the thing was that you there was no laying of the pipe. You know, there was no. You know, once I sacrifice the girl, I will have all the power, blah, 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 blah. No, it was an unknown element. Right. And yeah. they had to figure it out as they were getting picked off. Right. And, I mean, at the end of the film, they, you know, spoilers, but go see the damn thing. Uh, at the end, you get that standoff between McCready and Childs, and you don't know who's who, you know, which one's real, which one's the thing, or... If they right. are even infected, you know, if they exactly, been, yeah, exactly. Right. You're you're left with that, and there's just been so much speculation on that. Some people have said they noticed that that the infected their eyes glint a little bit in the camera light, uh, and you don't see that in Childs, or that uh, you don't see Childs' breath in the cold. This the the thing takes place in Antarctica, by the way. For for those who haven't yeah. seen it, please go see it. It's a yeah, fun it's, film. Uh, at the time the it came out, films you'll ever see. Yep. at the time it came out, uh, it was slaughtered by the critics. They they it, they just focused on the gore element, and there is a huge gore element. It is some of the best practical effects you will ever see. Yes, for Hands monsters down. in a film. Hands down. Rob Rob, uh, Rob Botin damn near killed himself literally making that film. He had to check himself into a hospital when he was done. He was working so much on it. Um, but some of the great, uh, great scenes uh, are in that film, and they, I think it's it's practically perfect. And and at the time when it came out, people couldn't take it. People focused on the gore and and the fact that you know it's some of the characters when it got done with them, they looked like they went through a meat grinder. But now with with time, it has been elevated to at least a cult status, if not in certain circles just being a superior film in the way of its construction and the way of its use of sound. I think Ennio Morricone worked on part of the soundtrack. Oh, I know uh, And uh, <clears throat> use of effects and, and lighting. And again, that great Lady or the Tiger ending. Uh, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gushing too much. No, oh, no, you're fine. That's great. It's a great movie to talk about. That leads into, I guess, I would say our to wrap this kind of up for our discussion, each of us are going to give us give a recommendation of a horror movie, something you might want to try out, something we all like, and, you know, just something to try out and maybe give yourself a little scare this Halloween. So let's start with uh, you, Poncho. Okay. Um, did either of you see the Haunting of Hill House series that, Net that Netflix ran a few years ago? No, I have not. No, but I've seen the movie Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Um, I'm going to... That was based on a novel by Shirley Jackson. It was written in the 50s. Um, and I say based loosely in that they took the name and the names of the characters in a haunted house and they kind of... <laughs> okay. The Netflix I, I'm series... I'm getting that mixed up in my head with Silent Hill. I thought that was wow. another video game adaptation. No, no. This is actually based on a book. Um this, the Netflix series is pretty good, but it kind of falls apart at the end, at least I think so. Um, but they made a movie in 1950, I have it pulled up here, 1963, called The Haunting, simply The Haunting. It stars um, Julie Christie, excuse me, Julie Harris Claire, and Claire Boone, and Lois Maxwell is in it, who played Money Penny. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's rated G. It's rated G. It's going to oh show God. you a good horror film doesn't have to have gore in it. It's rated G, oh, but wow. it is creepy as fuck. It's almost direct, more of a direct adaptation of Shirley Jackson's book. And it's very well done. Great characters, great sets, great acting. Uh, and Rando, you mentioned this, that the one scene in Blair Witch that you liked is when they were beating on the tent. There's a very similar scene in this with Julie Christie and Claire Bloom in their bedroom and something is knocking on the door outside. And it is one of the creepiest oh, things I've ever seen oh, in my life. Oh, and I hardly recommend it. I'm not so sure we'd want to watch the remake they did in 1999 with Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta Jones. No. Oh, I can vouch for that. You do not want to watch that. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> Go for the one with Julie Christie and Claire Bloom, but it's, it's just great. Uh, du- double check that. Double check that credit for our audience, Pacho. Uh, you said Julie Christie and a Julie Harris. I'm said. sorry. Okay, yeah. where I'm getting Julie Harris, Claire Bloom, Russ Tamlin. Yeah. Oh, I want to give a quick mention. There is the Legend of Hell House too, which was made in the seventies, early seventies. It's got Roddy McDowell in it. I've heard of it. Heard of it's it. not bad. It's not bad. I like the I like the one you had mentioned better, but this one isn't bad either. It's it's definitely better than the stupid ass one in the nineties. So but I just wanted to just shout out just if anybody was All interested. Right. Okay. So that's my recommendation, The Haunting from 1962. All right. Rated G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right. Let's go with you now, Brando. All righty. My recommendation is a film from 2013 uh, called Coherence. It's a science fiction thriller, but it it's it's a lovely, creepy pot boiler of a film that deals with a dinner party where they're all they've all gathered to get all these people have gathered together to have a look at a comet that's going to pass overhead and while the comet is passing overhead strange things start to occur on earth hmm. and paranoia builds up because power's lost and they have to deal with that so first of all you get that jump scared but it, it not jump scare, but it, it, it preys on your fears of the dark. And while it's not completely set in darkness, that's just one of the elements to immediately rise your tension and start the characters a little bit of infighting, a little bit of worry, you know, calm down, you know, what about this? Da, 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 da. Go, you know, do you see any lights on outside? Yeah, I think I see some lights way over there. Well, go over there and see if they, you know, if they're, they're having power problems too or whatever. So, they're going and exploring their general area, and as the movie progresses, paranoia starts creeping in because there are subtle things going on that just tick the anxiety up, 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 up. I and think I'm trying I have not to. I'm, I'm trying not to to delve into too many specifics because, in my opinion, for the creep factor, for you to be able to go on the roller coaster ride with the characters. You should honestly go in as cold as possible, but it is worth the experience. Mm. Uh, it's it's it takes a couple of twists and turns that you probably wouldn't even expect out of a film like this, and <laughs> in a way, ultimately, it's a story about love. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about family. all. Aren't they all? <laughs> but no, coherence. Great little pot boiler thriller creepy science fiction film uh great for halloween awesome well i guess we'll wrap up with my recommendation um everyone's familiar with the exorcist now this is another movie around that age where there was a lot of those satanic movies from the 70s uh-huh. uh, this one is the omen it's it's a very interesting movie i think it's got a lot of Big stars in it, uh, Gregory Peck, Gregory Lee Remick, yep, and Patrick Troughton's in it. Yep, yep. And that's, I think, when Rando I Rando is holding up his Patrick Troughton yep. shirt that he happens to be wearing at this. Yep, and I think that was what led me to watch the movie originally when I was younger, was my love of Doctor Who, and wanted to see these guys outside of that character. So I watched that, and, and it is a really... You know, good, tense movie. This is the one for me. It's got a lot of story. There's a lot of things going on. It gives you a backstory. It it evolves throughout the film. Um, Obviously, you know, it's about the son of Satan being born. Uh, And I don't want to give too much away either for this one. But, I mean, it's a very good movie. And I would just definitely recommend it for anyone who loves that kind of genre of horror. If you liked Rosemary's Baby, you liked The Almond. Yeah, that, yes. is, that had, that, had a, that didn't have so much gore in it, but I recall it having just a high creepy factor, too. It's mm-hmm. very creepy. Um, it's, like I said, it's very well acted, and it's, some people might call it slow, maybe compared to today's movies, but I just think it just builds up the story. 
and you know that's when movies took their time you know that's yeah i mean i mean so now you can have a two and a half hour movie but it's still friggin you know action scene every 10 minutes you know there's mm -hmm. not a lot of story but this is a lot of slow build-up to a very interesting climactic ending <laughs> and obviously you know there's been various sequels and um but you can't have a horror film without a sequel right i think there's like four of them something I, like that yeah i don't know how many i've seen i probably have seen most of them I imagine but yeah it's worth it's worth checking out cool i have i have a tangential honorable mention okay okay uh mentioning gregory peck and in my opinion, for this to really get creepy, you've got to really get invested in the story. But it's the boys from Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, movie. Yes. That's, that's a, a great film. I don't know if I that, call it horror, but it's a thrill. It, it is a It is an incredible thrill. Like I said, it's horror's cousin thriller. Yeah. And right. it's, it's still excellent, but it, the creep factor comes in. Because it's all it's all about a story of Mangala escaping to uh, Argentina. Argentina, thank you, Argentina, <laughs> and working on a project uh, that started in Germany, where they made clones of Hitler and had to deposit the clones with various families to try to raise Der Führer again, yeah. and Mangala is being hunted by uh i can't Lawrence remember olivier. if he was it was Lars olivier yes but i can't remember if he was actually part of Mossad or if he was working for another legal entity no i think he was a he was a nazi hunter he was a he played a jewish yeah. nazi yes, hunter. He was, yes yes i, re, I remember right. it was you know quote unquote nazi hunter i just can't remember if he was connected with Mossad or another i don't legal so. or government agency but yeah uh starring a very young steve gutenberg uh, oh, yeah. uh, free, free police he, academy. Yeah, he he get, he doesn't he doesn't make it. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> so you're you're left with this battle between two old men, one twisted by his insanity, and another twisted by his sense of justice to capture all of the Nazis and make them pay for their atrocities. And the creepiness of the story is when, in my opinion, is if you let yourself get really invested in it and think about these kids are genetic clones of Hitler and they're being raised as normal boys by various families and they're trying to see if Hitler's traits will express themselves normally. His hatred of, a, of certain things, his classes and whatnot, uh, or, or races of people. And... Yeah, that's that in and of itself is fucking creepy. Oh yeah. If you want an example of what a incredible actor Lawrence Olivier was, watch this movie and then watch Marathon Man, where he plays the Mengele character. Oh, that's right. Polar opposite. And you can't you wouldn't that's even think right. it's the same actor. You would oh, not. Oh my god, yes. Marathon Man. Holy shit, that thing just that's a cringe-inducing film at a certain point. Not going to tell you anything about it. <laughs> but it is good. It is very good. Starring a uh, also a young Dustin Hoffman. I believe Boys from Brazil is also the only film Gregory Peck took a role where he was the villain. Oh, really? I believe that's the case, yeah. Because usually he's the leading man. In this case, he's, he's the bad guy. He's still sort of the leading man, though. Kind. Well, he's co-lead. Co yeah, yeah. I would say that he's got he's got more screen time than uh, than Olivier. No, really. I'm I pretty sure. Does, right? I haven't seen it in yeah. a while. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I would still call him leading man. It's just that yeah, you're absolutely right. He's playing a twisted villain, and and I say that not like a he, he's going over the top, mustache twirling, tying people to tracks stuff. He does such a good job. I would not have expected a performance like that of that character, a foreign character played by Peck. That was just, no. that's a great role. No, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good All right. place to end our discussion. Yeah, because we could keep this going for the rest of the week.
set here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got to oh, cut yeah. it at some point. So <laughs> Yeah, I know there's a ton of movies we didn't mention. Yeah. And but you know, it's out there. You can go look. We we just have a starting point. If there's anything you've never heard of, go out there and check it out. You might, you know, get a good scare for Halloween. Also, I think it would be really cool uh, listening to this cast, especially on our website. If you could drop us a comment, or tell us about maybe your favorite horror film. Maybe That's exactly what I was about to say. If you've got a recommendation for, yeah. didn't mention, or you think is worthy of discussion, let us know about it. Yeah. Yep. MLCTaskForce.com. We also have a YouTube channel. Feel free to shoot us an email, post something. We will be trying to post on the blog our. Blog posting has been a little inconsistent. Um, yeah. I'm guilty. I'm guilty not of not doing anything with it, but we will try to get that more active and more tied into the show more. I'll try to get that done. And but you know, we're out there. Let us know you're listening. That's what we want to know. We want to know that you're listening. Or on Twitter at MLC underscore task force. And we have a group on Facebook as well. So Midlife Crisis Task Force. Just give them. Come find us. All right. All right. Well, once again, thanks for listening and, yep. you know, join us next time and we'll see what we're going to be talking about then. Yep. Have a good one. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy <laughs> Halloween. All right. All right.